Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mikey Inter, Ned Reynolds in the studio. Ned, what day is it? This is Thursday. Okay, sorry, I'm exhausted. I was in Kansas City yesterday. Of course you were for the big parade and celebration. Yeah, they estimated at about 800,000 to a million. Would you concur with that? <laughs> it's like, if, if, if you ask me that question, is like when they had the giant jars of jelly beans in school, and they're like, guess how many in there? I have no clue. But I can tell you, I didn't see an end to people from where I was at uh, Union. And it was just people in every direction. Well, you went to the other one, too, the, uh, four years ago. What was the what was the circumstance, and how was it different? Well, the first one, it was like 15 degrees outside. <clears throat> and there was like snow, and it was just... It was it was frozen, frozen. And um, so that changed things considerably. Yesterday, it was the mid to higher 40s, so it wasn't bad at all. You get all that, those people together breathing on each other, it really wasn't that bad. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to dog, dog your, your people where you grew up, but you look at how teams on the East Coast and how their fan bases react to championships and where they have to have riot police out and they have to have, they got people turning cars over and all this stuff. There's a million people in Kansas City. I didn't see one thing wrong happen. Do you hear any reports, anyone getting hit, shot, cars burned, stores getting looted? No, you didn't. So, again, probably the greatest fan base in all of the country. Um, uh, uh, slightly, slightly disagree. Different altogether different philosophical approach to things. East and West Coast, different population altogether. They think differently, celebrate differently. Yes, I agree full wholeheartedly with you. No no excuse for destruction no, or anything like that. No, people got together. But then again, it's a larger uh, fan ba- not fan base, but larger population and a population that is steered different. This is the Midwest. This is where we practice what we're supposed to. So yeah, I, you're absolutely right. There's, not, there's no call for anything like that. That was that was the biggest takeaway. Um, obviously, uh, we had a great time with the guys from Coyotes, the family. Um, it was it How was a lot of fun. Over oh, two and a half, three hours. It wasn't bad. Getting out was took a little bit, but I mean, again, it was as perfect as it could have been with no issue. And again, you're talking about a million people at this time in our country when everything is so just bass backwards and just messed up. But we got a million people together yesterday to celebrate our favorite team in the world. And it was great. No snow, no no. No, no. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, the only thing that I was kind of they, – they, the players got out there early because last, the last one – they, they were out there. It took like a, they showed up and then they ate and drank backstage before they came out on stage. So everyone was just waiting and waiting. This time they didn't do that. They came right out, did their thing, but it was cut short. They were real short. There was a couple of players that I wished had gotten a chance to speak, um, but who, I guess who did speak? Uh, Mahomes, of course, Travis Kelsey. They actually got Nick Bolton up there for a minute, and you can tell by the way he does his press conferences real quick. He talks to the river point real low all the time. He's just. He does, you know, he does not. I don't think he likes talking to people, but they got him out. Some of them, I think, part of the reason why they weren't uh, bringing him up was because you know they'd been drinking for two hours straight. So they were like, "Yeah, we probably shouldn't give this guy the microphone or whatever." But <laughs> all in all, it was a great time, and uh, you know, we're eating as cheese fans, man. You know what I mean? Like all these kids that are growing up now that to get to celebrate a team that's won two Super Bowls, you got guys in their 
60s, 70s that waited their entire life to see this happen. I hope that the Chiefs thank the fans. Oh, they were extremely appreciative of everyone being there. And that's what they kept saying. We're here for you. So... All in all, great experience. Uh, we should have some awesome, awesome content from it yesterday. Photos, video, everything online, 1047thecave.com later on this morning. So get on there and check it out. So uh, speaking of the Chiefs, there is kind of the elephant in the room that seems to appear at this time every year. What's going to happen with the OC? Well, uh, Eric Bieniemy is interviewing, and I think it's tomorrow, or it's either today or tomorrow, in Washington, D.C. with the Washington Commanders. That's for the offensive coordinator's job. Now, he's, he's, he's proven himself. He's the offensive coordinator with the Chiefs. I don't know how many of the plays he calls. I kind of think Andy calls quite a few of them, or has designed quite a few of them, but that's just a guess. Eric Bieniemy is in charge. Players seem to like him, so let's let's see what happens. This will be an OC job, though, that he's going for, not the head coaching job. And that's been the point of some controversy, but there have to be reasons for this other than what is being implied. I'm a believer in freedom and equality and so forth and so on. So we'll see what happens. The that's It may be that he feels like if he gets an OC position in a different team, he has the opportunity to move up, and I don't think he feels like he can do that in Kansas City as long as Andy Reid's there. That's definitely not going to change until he retires. And if he doesn't retire, he's going to keep doing it. And after... The game, um, you know, over a week ago, he said, right now, at this very moment, I still love what I'm doing. He's like, I mean, my body's old, but my mind isn't, and I'm still, yeah. Even if he were to retire, there's no reason why a enemy couldn't be the head Mm. coach, bring him back. He's got all the experience there, so I really don't think... First of all, I don't think uh, Reed is going to retire. No, I don't think he's around for another couple years. But you never can tell what health problems he's... What is he, 20 years? He's 20 years younger than I am, and you never get... Hey, if you get one foot out of bed in the morning, you're in good shape. People ask me all the time, how are you doing today? And you know how I answer them? I woke up. So that's that's usually the way you got to celebrate. Uh, but yeah, if, if the enemy goes, then I think, what, Nagy comes in as the OC? I, I mean, that has to be... Choice. After all, he's been there before. The head coach of the Chicago Bears. Come on, he's the he would be the manager. All right, Valley uh, Sports supposed to make a big old payment yesterday. Did they do it? They did not, and it's no surprise. They said they weren't going to be able to make it. 140 million dollars is what they owed their creditors. So what does that mean now? Well, there's a 30-day grace period, and during that grace period, officials from it's it's Diamond Sports. They have the name Bally because Bally's bought the name rights. But it's Diamond Sports. Officials from there will discuss things with the creditors, see if they can come up with some kind of common ground in this 30-day period. If they don't, then it's Chapter 11 bankruptcy for this group. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. Because the referee will have to make decisions. The referee's a judge. They'll have to make decisions on how the games will be judged and and how the games will be televised. Right now... The major league teams, and there are 14 of them that have Bally Sports as their TV outlet, are supposed to receive payments. And this is payment for the year. The Cardinals, for instance, are $60 million. $60 million. The Royals aren't that much. Their fan base isn't quite as large. But the Cincinnati Reds and the San Diego Padres and people like that, they're not getting their money. (laughs) Okay, what does that mean? Does it mean that... Valley Sports can continue televising the games and not have to pay? Oh, boy, I wouldn't think so. But, but, again, that's all to be decided a little bit later on, and 
We'll see what happens in a month. Uh, one last thing, if that goes down, is the possibility that just some local TV stations in the area can just call the Cardinals and say, hey, we heard you guys don't have any, because can those little deals start happening? I don't think so. I think what the Cardinals would do is market their own product through streaming and sell it that way and say, hey, you want, you want our games? They're streamed for X amount, whatever it happens to be. Per, per game, month. per season. Per month, yeah, per month. Be. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, so, yesterday we talked about it uh, before it happened. The uh, basketball Bears had a hell of a test on the court. If they wanted to have any kind of chance going into the postseason, they really needed the dub yesterday against Bradley. Did they get it? Did not. They let it get away in the first half when Bradley outscored them by 11 at halftime. And the Bears, while they did narrow the gap down to six in the second half, just didn't shoot quite the way the Bears are capable of doing. Shot 33% for the game. They were 7 of of, uh, 32, 7 of 32 from three-point range. That's 21 points right there, but that's a lot of missed shots. And the Bears fall by 10, 64-54, to a good Bradley team. But the Bears are just as good. They just simply could not get their game going, and that's part of the problem with the Bears, and Dana Ford will admit this. It's the consistency of the team. They've got to play a whole lot better and more in uh, unified basketball than what they're doing now. Have to have Donovan Clay in the lineup, and he was there. He was the Bears' leading scorer last night, but they didn't get quite the... Quite the scoring from Jonathan Mogbo that they've had in the past. He didn't score any points. And the rebounding was a little bit down. So it, it just was not a vintage Bears performance. And as you pointed out, Mike, this probably cost them now. I don't think they're going to be able to get a bye. Sucks. Really does. Um, it's going to be a tough, tough, tough uh, mountain to climb once they be. get there. Very, very tough. All right. Now that the Super Bowl is over with, NFL season is over until the combine starts in a couple weeks, that is. Uh, Daytona 500 is this weekend, and it owns the weekend. Who's got the uh, front row position? Yeah, this is speed week in Daytona, and they do all the qualifying, of course, several days ahead. Last night, they had the qualifying. It's called the qualifying for the front row, but virtually the entire field is set. Not their position, but they are set, the ones who are going to be in the race. Front row goes to Alex Bowman for the third time against the pole position, and joining him on the front row is Kyle Larson, two of the top drivers in NASCAR. So they'll start the whole show on Sunday from the front row. Now tonight they have the twin 150-mile qualifying races. Qualifying is a misnomer. A lot of these drivers have already qualified. They qualified last night. They met the certain speed limits and so forth. But their position will be decided from these twin races. So we'll see what the field of 40 is going to be after uh, tonight's races and how they're going to stack up and so forth and so on. But, hey, the Daytona 500 is one of the rights of spring. It is <laughs> arguably the biggest show in NASCAR, and it is the first race. It's the first one. Their big, their big bonanza race is the initial one that opens the season. And then from there on in, you have the rest of the season. And it goes for a very long oh, time. Gosh, oh, gosh. Uh, right up into early November. Yeah, and then it's back again pretty quick. Uh, so let's flip the script. Let's talk about golf a little bit. Tiger, when he tried to come back, didn't really look like himself. And arguably, the fact that he was able to come back so soon after such a horrific car crash, you knew that he wouldn't get to be the same guy. Kind of played a little bit, then backed off. He says he's ready to win again. He does, and he is going to play this weekend, beginning today, 
believe he tees off maybe later this afternoon. This is the old Los Angeles Open that he's playing in. It's now called the Genesis Open, and they play it at the Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles. It's a pretty demanding course, but Woods says, hey, it's time for me to test things out, see if I'm ready. He wants to play in the Masters, wants to play in the U.S. Open and the PGA and the British Open and all that sort of thing. He wants to be there. He still has the mentality to be there, but does he have the physical endurance? That's the big question. And I think uh, this will go a long way toward answering that. Yeah, in previous, previous attempts like last year, frequently he didn't even make the cut. But we'll see what happens in this one. This first round is very important uh, for him if he wants to continue on the same track toward uh, future success. But yeah, Tiger is going to play in this tournament. As a matter of fact, Mike, most of the big names on the PGA Tour are playing out at Los Angeles. Genesis Open begins today, and we'll keep you posted on how things happen. Well, it's that time of year when we start flipping things over just slowly but surely, but I know Ned's getting a, every day his smile just it starts to appear. It's not all the way there, but I know as soon as those uh, pitchers and catchers report, then I finally get that smile back. They are there, <laughs> and we are smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, sir.